Hi guys, just wanted to say something really quick before the episode really begins. I feel like I'm stalling and it may seem like I am, but I promise I'm not. Um, you will notice some audio imperfections, so to say, um, while you're listening. Um, there are some popping sounds that came up in post, especially on my end. It happened on Jake's end a little bit too, but it really happened a lot um, with my feed. Um, which is kind of annoying, but I tried to fix it. Couldn't really do anything about it. Tried to do a lot of different ways to fix it and just didn't happen. So my apologies for that. If it gets a little bit annoying, a little inside baseball as to why that even happened in the first place. So the website that I was using to record episodes from um, got not feasible to use anymore because of price and some of the changes that they made. So I tried out this new site for this episode um, we had some problems while we were recording too, so not the best, but not the worst either. Um, uh, we'll see what happens with the next one, but yeah, just wanted to tell you guys that, um, before it begins. So like I said, if it bugs you, I'm sorry. I really tried to, to fix it and to get rid of them, but it was, it was too difficult and hopefully next time that doesn't happen, but you know, we'll just, we'll just roll with it. All right. For real this time, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dennis and Friends podcast, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, what's going on in life and around the world. I'm Dennis. I host this show. This is episode 76. It's been a while since we recorded, but we're back and we're here in the middle of March, which means there's only one thing. Well, there's multiple things that happen in March, but there's one big thing that happens in March, and that's March Madness. And so here to join me to talk a real March Madness preview, unlike the monstrosity of the episode that we dropped last March involving March Madness, here to discuss all that with me this year is kind of our our resident uh, college sports expert on the show very knowledgeable on all fronts on the college sports landscape. It is Jake Russell, who's back for, I believe, what is this, your third, fourth appearance on the show? Something like that? Welcome, friends. Uh, yes, this is my third appearance. I believe last episode I was on um, was uh, uh, the nicest episode of the History of the Pod, episode 69, but it is uh, it's fantastic to be back. And uh, in the immortal words of CBS's John Rothstein, uh, this is March. Yes, that's right. This is March. We're going to talk a lot of teams and players and regions and brackets and all those things um by the way before we really get going listener you should join the dennis and friends uh espn tournament challenge bracket group which is live right now you can find the link for that in the show notes or you can just go to the instagram because i've been posting about it on my instagram story the last couple days be sure to join the group before thursday before the first real games get going um, there's no like winner gets this. It's just like you get pride. You get you get the bragging rights uh, if you win the group. But feel free to join. It's it's open to everybody. We'd love to have lots of entries and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, come join us. It should be fun. I do have a question for you about, sure. about making brackets. Are you a I'm going to make as many brackets as possible and play the odds kind of guy? Or the I'm going to make one bracket and hang my hat on that. And if I don't 
have a correct bracket, then so be it. Okay, so my bracket philosophy is I do a lot of brackets, but I have two serious ones, like kind of two scenarios in which I think we'll go. And then I do a coin flip bracket where I just flip a coin and that's the pick. I do a upset, like driven bracket where like a mid-major ends up winning it, which is never the case, but it's just for fun. Um, I always do a mascot bracket where like i like the logo or the mascot better we'll take that as the winner um and then a couple other random ones just based on how i'm feeling but i usually do two like okay like i'm actually going to think about like the matchup and the little that i know about each school and each team and all that that's kind of what i've historically done anyway so i got it i used to be the a beautiful mind kind of guy where I would have 25 entries going at once and I'd be like, okay, I need this team to win here, this team to win here, (laughs) but I need them to lose here. And the stress was just too much that now I'm just, I make one upon immediate reaction. So right after the selection show, I just, there you go. Just do it. No thoughts whatsoever. I do it. And then after, um, after three days of overthinking and over consuming the billions of possibilities, then I make one like right before the, the, the tip of the 64 game turn. I like that. I think that's a really smart way to do it. Just like go with your gut one and then like, okay, I've thought about it way too much. I'm going to get a yes. lot of this wrong. This is how it goes. I like that. That's a, that's a good way to do it. And especially considering you, you had to do that before the Oscars, I assume, last night too. So there wasn't much prep for the Oscars, considering I just knew that everything, ever all, all at once, is going to dominate everything, and rightfully so. Right, right. But yes, it was a busy day. Yes, busy day in Jake Land. So let's get going. We're going to start with a draft, okay? As as you guys know, Jake and I like to draft, and Jake has been known to draft on other shows that are not dead as friends as well. So we're going to draft final four logos. Okay. We're going to do 12 because there's a lot of them. And I figured since this is the only draft we're going to do in this episode, let's try to fill up a little bit more time with it. So Jake will go first and then I will go second and we'll just flip flop like we did the last episode. And yeah, we'll just go from there. So Jake, you have the honors of kicking us off with your first overall pick. Okay. Well, this is, this is quite the honor. Um, with the first overall pick in the Final Four logo draft, um, I'm going to be taking the 1999 uh, men's Final Four logo. That was in Tampa Bay uh, between Yukon, Duke, Ohio State, and Michigan State. So all very, very either blue blood programs or true blood programs, as we say, uh, from the programs that want to be considered in the elite of the elite. Uh, and it just the logo just it just screams retro beachwear uh i i just love it so much it's uh it's classic you could find it on any just thrift shop shirt for either three hundred dollars or three dollars depending on where you were shopping but i (laughs) i just love it the the colorway is just incredible yeah that was that was on my big board because it's i mean it's really good it's so unique it's i mean a lot of these like 90s ones are like kind of out there but this one is like oh it's so good so that's a great first pick. My first pick is going to be probably the what I view as the funniest one and very strange, but also works really well because of the colors and how it all turned out. 1985 uh, logo when they did it in Kentucky, where it kind of looks like they like got the the Kentucky Derby team and they were like, "Hey, yes. what do you what do you guys think about kind of doing a collab?" Because this is such a fun logo, like 
the horse being there, like the Kentucky State outline, the colorway is really cool. I like that the basketball, like color blue, is different from the rest of the the blue that's in the logo. It's so cool. Like the fact that there's a horse on there, it's just like that takes it up already to a pretty high level, but it works really well. So kudos to whoever was designing this back in the day because they did a good job. That is a great pick because like they they didn't go just extremely cartoonish horse on the logo. They're like, no, we are giving you the authentic horse with the stretch marks in the logo to where like you know it is in Kentucky and we have horses. Right, right. Uh, just fantastic pick. Next up, I will take the 2008 final. Ah, which is insane. My next it's pick. Just, it's just too iconic for me to pass up. Um, you you make a cowboy hat just look as just incredible as that one. It just looks like it's a fun time. It has even like the detail of like just the Western belt. Like the the beauty of most of these is they are just entirely connected to their their regionality. But it's just vibes are electric like the final four itself looks like a mascot because of how well the cowboy hat was done that's like the first final four that i remember too so like that's like a lot of nostalgia for me because i remember kansas winning that oh, yeah. great tournament too yeah yes. yeah the, the d rose yeah was d rose in that tournament in that final four right mario yeah chalmers. and mario chalmers no yeah point. all of that i that's the one that i like remember from my from my young days so it's such a great logo like the cowboy hat is like such a perfect size because you don't want to like make that like a small thing if you're really going to go for it go all out and they did such a great job with it um that was literally my next pick like i said so eh, it's fine uh my next one instead is going to be one that is like kind of incredible because there's a lot happening with it but it works well 1987 uh, new orleans with the little, uh, with, there's a lot happening here. The basketball, the the trumpet, the what's this steamboat looking thing? Like there is a lot happening, but it is fun. <laughs> so sign me up for 1987. That one is really unique too. Just I, I like how it's it's not like the uh, the traditional shape too. Like as you see that they kind of all gravitate towards to where it would look really traditional on on the mid court, and they, they're just like, nah, you're getting the entire steamboat for this one. So, right. Great pick. Also, on my board. It, what's fun about these is that a lot of them are in this, like the same city, like just the same, the same domed city, to where you can fit in a lot of people over and over again. And so, I'm also going to be taking another New Orleans one next, uh, and I'm going to take uh, the 2003 Final Four, which is uh, a, a much oh, different yes. tone for uh, for the New Orleans Final Four. But this one is just all all jazz, all the Mardi Gras, all the letters are just different sizes and shapes to where it's like the, the, the memed text or like summer capital and some lowercase. Um, but yeah, just, just a ton, ton of fun in that one. You know, compared to the, that one to the 2012 one where it's like very elegant and very like nice, the 2012 one, which is great. It looks really good. The 2003 one is like, let's make this as fun. Like, we're going to be as zany as possible. Right, right. Yeah. I, I didn't Maybe have a lowercase i and like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's so like, <laughs> like odd that it's there, but like the colors are cool. Like the little like detailing of the. I don't know, the little wave thing like for the basketball or, or from the saxophone. It's super cool. So that's that's a good pick. I did not have that one on my board, but I like that one a lot. My next one, I'm gonna pick 2009, the Detroit one with the Ooh. with the tire. Oh, I mean, that just screams like 
yes like flame and motor city yeah like big event like super important thing like edgy like all the things so that's also another one that i remember super well that's one that uh unc won maybe or is that somebody it was else unc okay that one actually was the next on my board as well just because uh i was very much heavily into uh ncaa basketball 2009 and so I, I saw that logo plenty of times yes that that's a that's a good one for me all right we're three in each what you got at number four my next one, I'm actually going to do another 90s one. I'm going to go with 1995, which is in Seattle. The font of the Final Four looks like the like the word art from the old school, like Microsoft Windows computers, where where like you would there was like some sort of hack on the computer whenever like you could find out like no oh I can I don't have to use Times New Roman I can I can have words that are like a picture and it just has that majestic mountain behind it and it just looks so elegant uh just perfectly captures we are having it in the pacific northwest it's just very very fancy yeah that is that's a great one it it kind of looks like the mountain in the back looks like something bob ross would have painted it looks yes. very very good but it also kind of looks like i can't remember if it's bush beer or or one of the beer like big beer companies that are out there it kind of looks like that logo too not to say that it's mm-hmm. bad but it does kind of remind me of that yeah i can see it. that's that's a great one that was I think that might have been my next one, but it was definitely my big board. Okay, this is where it starts to get interesting because you could either go super wacky or go super clean. I'm going to go with a newer one. And just because I think the colorway and like the detailing ended up being really cool, I'm going to pick, and this may be kind of high for this year, 2019, the Minneapolis one. I love how this one turned out because a lot of these newer ones, like they either look like okay, like the, the one from last year was fine, not my favorite. The one from Atlanta was mad to me, but this one has character to it. Never got played. Right, but this one has <laughs> character to it, you know? So does the 2018 one um, from San Antonio. But this one, I, I really like. The trees, the color of the trees look really cool. The, like, little Great Lakes, like, waterway, like, you know, nod there. Big fan. I, I like that one as well. And I also like that. I, I believe that was either the first or second year that that stadium in Minneapolis was created. And I know like the, the exterior of it kind of is in like that weird, like jagged shape that, that the same crest is used for whenever it was held there. So I thought that's that's a great pick. That is the final four that I'm still so bitter about because I really wish Virginia hadn't won that year. Like I still firmly believe Tech was the better team. <laughs> But here we are. Well, um, I was on a flight with all those Texas Tech fans uh, singing Old Town Road uh, on the way to the national championship. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm i the opposite. I'm very happy that, that they all got to go home and uh, not celebrate a national championship. <laughs> and I was also a believer in the pack line defense of Virginia. Uh, shout out to Kyle Guy and God, Tony Bennett. Kyle so, Guy. Uh, Gosh, it, yes. he's not in the league anymore, right? Like he definitely like is. Oh no, no he, I, he's yes, he's he was a college basketball legend. I, I hope that he is just living his best life and gets to visit Charlottesville constantly. They never have to pay for a meal ever again. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I'm also going to take an, another new one. Uh, you kind of got into it on on your last pick, but I'm going to take 2018, which is in San Antonio. Not to brag, I was there, uh, and the court just absolutely electric. Like just the colorway of of the teal, uh, it just has that that fiesta vibe that matched the city. 
it, the subtle detail of just like kind of like Alamo, like head shape at the very top. And then like the river walk on, on the bottom, it was just, just complete Fiesta vibes. And it's just a good looking shape for, uh, for like some of the modern ones that kind of just veering towards either the standard circular shape after a while. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. That's a good one. That was on my big board as well. I'm going to pick with my next one, staying in the state of Texas, not this year's Houston logo. I don't, although I do really like that one. And I, I know you do too. Uh, the 2011 oh, yeah. Houston logo, the one that literally just looks like the NASA logo just replaced with final four in orange instead of red. Oh, yeah. So good. So, so good. Great. Pick. Big fan. That's all I have to say. Yeah. There's the minimalism paid off there for sure. Uh, my next one, I am going to go with, uh, a little bit of an older classic one that like it does. There's really not much to it outside of just, I think that the colors are just so simplistic and, and, and great. And it just screams final four, like literally just screams final four. And it's 1991. It's just, just bolded letters in blue and then just gold banners around it in Indianapolis. It just says final four. Like it just looks like something I'd wear on a t-shirt or a hat. For some reason, like when I look at this logo, all I think about is Garfield. It looks like something that like <laughs> the Garfield like people would have made because of the orange and the blue. I don't know. That's just what my brain thought of. But it, it's a very, very nice logo. Just the 3D letters are done so well. Right, there. right. I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I went there, but that's just, again, that's just where my brain was at. Okay. Next up. Let's see. I got to still a good bit of stuff here on my big board i'm gonna go with 1990 okay it's not the best logo by any means but the mountain makes up for it um i think it's a cool little way that they made that work with the mountain on top and the basketball on the bottom it, it's very it does look like a basketball just wearing a party hat yes that's a, that's a great way to put it um but it's not bad so that, that's that's where i put it at number six my next one i'm gonna go with the so there, the final four has been in Atlanta very many times, and every single time they're just like, you know, you know what Atlanta has that look this is also in the shape of basketball. We got a peach, and so they're just in so many different variations of of a basketball looking peach. Um, so I'm going to pick the the one that is the best in my mind, and it's 2002 because it has just this this light green around the letters, and it just looks very unique and nostalgic in the most early 2000s way possible so uh yeah 2002 okay i thought you were gonna go 07 but i definitely see your point in 2002 i like that color scheme a little bit more with the like blue blue greenish teal Mm -hmm. sort of vibe good pick yes my next one hmm, let's see i'm gonna go with 1989 just because the shape of it is like funky this is i believe seattle Am I right there? 1980? Yeah. yeah. It's very different uh, from all the other ones. It's small, which is interesting, but I like the colors and how it works. The The final four like font is kind of odd, but I don't know. I like it for some reason. Like it, it looks cool. It's different. It's not like any of the other ones on this list. It does. That's a great pick. My, uh, my next one, I'm going to go with another one that just, it doesn't have a lot to do with the location. Uh, I'm going to pick 1994, which is in Charlotte, and it just looks like a very it's – it's a crest, and it has that crown on the top. And I think that there needs to be more uniquely shaped trophies and celebrations. Like I love that wrestling have, has belts, uh, the Stanley Cup, obviously. 
Uh, but just if if there was some sort of crown, because we were crowning a champion, like it is single elimination, it is an absolute battle. Like just that, having that that reminder there, we are crowning a champion, and these these are the hardest six games of these these kids' lives. Like it, I just love it. It's the nostalgia. It's college basketball. Yeah. You don't even know it's really in Charlotte outside of it, just saying it at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's very like if they got together with people from medieval times, it's like, all right, let's let's make a logo. But it works. It works really well. The colors are cool. Almost like a, like a soccer crest. Yeah, too. it does. It reminds me of like if you replace the crown with like the stars, which like signify championships, you could like get away with that. That's a good pick. That's oh, yeah. FC NCAA. Yes, there you go. That's a good value at number eight. My next one... I'm going to go with 1981 just because, I mean, the the Liberty Bell, like you can't go wrong. And it like it works with the basketball being on the bottom. The colors are classic. It's nothing too crazy. It works. It's a good one. I'll go another old school one. I'll go 1986 uh, just as, a, as my resident Homer pick. I think you just cannot go wrong with gold and black, uh, but in having that really detailed element of the skyline on the inside of it being in Dallas on there is just r- real classic looking. I'm sure it look, looked fantastic on the colorway. Dude, that was that was my next one. And also, the one comment I have on this, I like it because it it looks like they got like a like a cartoon sketch of Dallas and they just like put it inside of this logo. You know what I mean? Like this looks like something. Yeah, like almost like hired hired a, a cartoonist from the like a, like a newspaper. Or yes, something. that's exactly what they did. Yeah, that's a good one. I I like how nice it looks. Like I know this is not a very highly ranked one, but the yellow contrasting with the blue really does it. It does it does well. So good pick there. Nineteen ninety six is my next one, and not because it's anything extravagant. It's only because the Statue of Liberty is on there, and it works well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I'm never going to judge a pick that is that is uh putting the statue Lady Liberty in high regard. March is also Women's Month. So. True facts. All right, so my next one, I actually uh, am going to take. I'm taking 2005, and it, it's not really anything outside of. St. Louis loves the arch and the arch looks good. Like uh, just red and gold. And then it has the arch and it was in St. Louis. And I think it's a classic looking logo. Like there's, you just can't go wrong with it. Okay. I like that. I'm going to pick here at number 10, if you're following along, still listener 2017, which is Phoenix. It's not the best, but they did it well. Like they represented Phoenix. Well, orange, hot weather, they did it. They did it well. They did what they were supposed to do. They understood the assignment and they did it decently well. So uh, my next one, I don't know if this is if this is allowed. I'm gonna just uh, put in the vote and then see if the commissioner the commissioner of the draft either allows it or doesn't veto it. But I'm taking this year. This year's just amazing. Like I love the space with the Houston. Just a geometrical masterclass. It's got it's got the bars all around it. It's just Space City. I'm going to buy all of the merch whenever I go, Dennis. I like it a lot, too. I mentioned it earlier. I do like the... And they've kind of been doing this recently, but I do like the subtle like bracket little bit that they did on the bottom left-ish area. I know they oh, did yeah. that the last couple of years, but it, it works really well this way. It's different from the last two years. So I'm a fan. The commissioner approves of that decision. 
that was probably going to be my next one anyway. So, okay, we're getting into the, the interesting territory here. With my next pick, we're at pick 11. So we've got, I've got two left. You've got one more. Hmm, I'm going to go, I guess, 1992, just because it's fine. Like, it works really well. Like, here, here's the, the state of, of Minnesota. Words, but make it work well. Twins colors. It it's fine. It's not amazing, but they did okay. Nineteen ninety two. Right, we are the hockey state, but we are also yeah. the basketball tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my last one. I'm going to go with uh, nineteen eighty four. I just think that the colors of it being in Seattle just got the the emerald and the blue just scream Seahawks. So it's a bit of a homer pick since I I am a fan of the Hawks, uh, but just. Uh, the, the shape of the circle, having that like the artistic outline of the space needle with the uh, with the dome on the inside, it's just a, it's just a good look. It's it's old school, but it's 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 a it's subtle homages. Yes, yeah. I thought about that one when I was thinking about picking 1989, but yeah, that's a that's a good pick. Good value there for your last one. My last one, I'm going to go ahead and, and get it out of the way. Um, I'm going to pick 2007, which I mentioned earlier. Um, that's the Atlanta one that I like the most, I think, besides the one that you picked. Um, I don't love the 2013 one. I think it's a little too, bit too basic. Um, not a lot of color, really, um, besides the bottom. But I like this one because it's it's fun. It's kind of cartoonish. It gets the job done. Yeah. So that's my... My last one. To to wrap this up, let's let's go the inverse. Let's let's each give out the worst Final Four logo. <sighs> the like the What's worst one of them all. Because these these are all very out there. Like there's not one that that's just like Super Bowl L I V and chromed letters for like eight years in a row. All these are very different. But what do you so what do you think is the worst? Oh man. I mean, a lot of the Indianapolis ones are like eh, like hooray, you know? You could have done better. Uh, I don't love. I don't love the 1997 one. I will say, um, not a fan. That might be the worst one. The 1988 one is weird. <laughs> just like super odd. 1982 is is kind of rough. Just here's the trouble. Yeah, yeah, but like they didn't do it that well. I don't like 2015. Like, where's red in this scenario? Like, what about Indianapolis? Like, screams like red. Um, I don't love the 2014 one because it's like it's just the outline of the stadium in Cowboys colors is like I think I think we could have done a little bit something different there with it being in the DFW area. But I guess, man, I guess I'll say 1997 is pretty rough. That font is oof. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that one. But I do like the blue and the gold colors at least for 1997. But I'm gonna say. So for 2015, I will give it a little bit of grace because I know that it's in Indianapolis. I think that because of like the the lines going going by it, it's supposed to be like an indie car. Because it, at first I was like, okay, I don't know what this is doing here, uh, but that's their subtle homage that I guess just like was you had to take a second look at it to be able to understand it. So it's like whenever you have to explain your joke, uh, and you're to- and you're just completely embarrassed. So it didn't it didn't work, but I I caught up. I caught up myself on it after just that second glance at it. Uh, I think the worst actually is 2014 that you mentioned because there's nothing about it other than just saying Jerry Jones now has Cowboy Stadium. Like 
take a look at that logo. That is it. And I think that like the chrome that surrounds it, if uh, if they would have allowed it, I think they would have had that sort of font, that sort of color every single year going forward. Like this in the same way that the Super Bowl was like, we're just going to give you the same logo for eight years in a row. It's just like, I can just imagine them like starting to figure out how to make the logo. And they just like solely went to Jerry Jones and they're like, all right, you're deciding how to make this for us. What do you want on it? And this is what he said. This is kind of how I envision it. There's no creativity at all. They're just like, we can slap a logo on it. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of encapsulates how weird that tournament was because like UConn like won the dang thing, which is like, they were not supposed to. Yeah. yeah. So it, it kind of evens itself out, I guess, in that regard. I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's a rough one. Um, there's a couple other rough ones too, but we've we spent a lot of time on on just drafting so i think those are good good lists for both of us listener if you have an opinion on who had the better of the picks let us know on on instagram or twitter or whatever and give us your your vote of of opinion let's go ahead now and get into the real stuff which is the actual tournament which begins technically tomorrow with the first four like it always does but really kicks off on thursday so we're going to go region by region and kind of take a look at some good matchups um, from each region, who we think could go far, yada, yada, yada. So let's start with the South region where the number one overall seed resides, and that is the Alabama Crimson Tide, which is weird to say that about them in basketball and not in football. Um, But they are the number one seed. The Arizona Wildcats are the number two seed. Um, There's a lot of... Interesting matchups, not like heavy hitter matchups, but not terrible ones. Um, so when you look at this one, Jake, this region, what what sticks out to you? Um, who's on upset alert? Who do you think has a good chance to make it into the final four from this region? Ready to go. Well, I do think that Alabama is a basketball school uh, that's been very much confirmed this year. Uh, residents of Tuscaloosa, you can uh, just... At me on Twitter if uh, if you wanted to put it up for debate, um, but like you said, they're the number one overall seed for a reason. Um, off off the court issues aside, um, and I think that just based off of the match the matchups in the region, um, I'm looking at it and the the other contending teams that could per- conceivably beat them um, are flawed in a certain way that just doesn't match up to Alabama. Like just whatever Arizona or Baylor's strengths are Alabama hasn't beat because they they just simply can do it better like just high scoring teams all around but Bama what separates them from the rest of the field in the region is that they can also do it defensively Um, like even even whenever their guards aren't scoring a lot of points they're going to get their rebounds Um, and so that's that's the whole thing for me everyone else is just flawed and it's Alabama's to lose in in the south Um, as as chalk as that is as unfun as that is uh, we do have a lot of a lot of just flawed um, high seeds up here. I think um, Arizona as, as the number two slot, they are a ton of fun. They're going to score a lot of points, but they also are are like the team where if the moment that they are put in the in the face of a pest, 
Um, they could have like the Marshall Henderson moment where like Kirk Carriza is like losing his cool um, and, and they kind of fall off in, in that way. But that's why I think that Missouri could potentially give them some trouble just because they play at such a fast pace uh, and can, and can give us some havoc. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Alabama has a pretty easy path to get out of this, to be honest. I do selfishly want uh, A&M Corpus to win their game tomorrow night because I would love a Corpus versus Bama 116. And only because, and you know, uh, one of these guys, but two of my best friends, Camden and Reese. Uh, Reese is a Bama grad and Camden is going to Corpus Christi right now. So we've been kind of joking about it already. Like, oh, like it could happen. And it's it would be kind of funny for that to happen. Um, especially considering the first year that ACU made it a few years back, we almost got an ACU-Bama matchup in the first round. So this would kind of be like, you know, vengeance for that. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot of stuff that I that I love about this region. Um, I don't I don't think Prince or not Princeton. I don't think Arizona's that good. Um, but also, based on how things can turn out, they could go pretty far and make the Elite Eight. I I like Creighton, but. They have an interesting matchup with NC State because they're so wild. I know they've been one of those like mysterious teams that have been, you know, either really good or really awful, you know, especially in their conference play. I want Furman to win uh, Virginia or to beat Virginia really, really bad because I'm very anti-Virginia. And also I like Furman's logo a lot. Um, and Charleston really intrigues me um, against San Diego State. I know SC State is a team that always does traditionally pretty well in these tournament settings but i think charleston is a pretty solid mid-major pick um and i know 12 5v12s is a is a common upset pick for a lot of people and that's one where i definitely could see charleston winning um and maybe taking on Furman in the the round of 32 which would be kind of hilarious but okay so just whenever we're doing this i am not going to tell people okay this is this is exactly how i need to fill out your bracket because that is absolutely pointless i will tell you so san diego state that is a common misconception. They make it over and over again because the Mountain West is right. is garbage. Right. And they win it every year. And I think that they have only – the Mountain West has only had someone either reach the second weekend, I think like four times ever, like in their existence. Um, but I'm, I'm with you on Charleston and, and Furman. I think that they both are just very, very uh, steady, offensively-minded teams. And Virginia just lost their best offensive threat to injury, and they already could not score for anything. Um, but I will say that I, I do like if one team is going to advance um, the furthest that is not a top four seed, I love Creighton. I think that all, all of their five starting five uh, average double digits or more. Uh, and they've just been really steady. And like the, the one the only reason that they are this low is because um, one of their starting five members um, was out with mono for quite a while and they went on that losing streak and then they just had this this wild stretch of efficiency. Uh, to get back into it and crawl their way back into it. But just because they did not do well in the Big East tournament um, as, as much as they could have, because that's a loaded conference that we'll get into later. I, I love the Big East. Um, but people do do think that uh, just because you win the conference that, that you're going to go in further in the tournament, but that's not always the case. So I'm, I'm high on Creighton here. I do think Baylor's a fraud just because they have a lot of NBA prospects that can uh, – that shoot the lights out but that can only take you so far um but yeah i do think uh i like alabama and creighton out of here i think baylor 
shouldn't have any problems against UCSB, but I definitely could see them losing to Creighton in round two pretty easily. And that would not be a result that surprised me. Here's a question that I want to ask you, and this is kind of not just region specific, but more general. How do you think the Big 12 specifically is going to fare considering how competitive that league was this year? Do you think it makes all the teams that are in the tournament better for it and they could all go on pretty decent runs? Or are they like fatigued and like, you know, super tired from having to play a super competitive league schedule and that fatigue catches up to them and they get caught off guard by somebody and they lose in round one? What do you think happens? I, I do think that like we've we've seen that happen a lot in the past. I think that the, the year that the Big Ten had the most um, a couple years back that they like I think there's either one or two teams made it to the second weekend uh, after it was supposed to be like a historic year uh, with Kofi Coburn and I believe um, that, that was the season. Um, I, th- I think that this year though, just matchup specifically, um, that won't be the case. Uh, I do think that they they all have uh, been able to just cannibalize each other in the best way possible and learn how to uh to take on different styles of play and um so i, I do think that that the big 12 is as good as um as we perceive that's kind of where i feel as well like i could definitely see all these teams if not most of them making the second weekend and then a lot of them ending up in the elite eight because that's just how it could go i think they're all battle tested like really well um those seven or eight it goes one more or the other usually yeah yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's good for the for the South region. Let's go eastward now, east region, where Purdue is the one seed. Marquette, who I know you love, is the two seed. I, I know you're about to talk really highly about Marquette, and I will probably say very similar things. Kansas State is the three. Tennessee is the four. Duke's the five, so on and so forth. What do you like? What do you don't like? Who's on upset alert? Ready, go. Um, well, first of all, Purdue is not on upset alert because – uh, we already know what to expect from Purdue, and that is they're going to have a large, giant man, and the minute that someone decides to double-team him, they will lose. And that is how they've been; they've lost every single year. Uh, and so that is, that's the exact same thing, the reason that I'm going to pick Memphis over Purdue, um, because Penny Hardaway is a coach that plays the chip on his shoulder, and he's going to try and prove that I belong here and what better way to do it than beat the number one team with the face of college basketball and Zach Eady. Um, I, I, they Purdue does not have near as strong as a supporting cast as they have in the past, despite having uh, the best player in college basketball. And so I think that the minute that, that someone creates a formula to stop him, they're going to be the first number one seed to lose. Um, and so that, that's my thoughts on, on the powerhouse. What, what's your take? I super agree. And especially considering I was really impressed with how Memphis played yesterday against Houston. I know Houston doesn't have uh, one of their better players right now. I, I can't ever remember his name. Um, Marcus Sasser. He, thank you, Sasser. Yeah. Um, but they played them really well and they've been peaking kind of at the right time. And I think this would be a matchup nightmare for Purdue. Like I definitely agree that if they face a against each other in the second round, I'm taking Memphis no hesitation just because I think they're the the team that's a little bit more hot and I think Penny will have something to prove, like you said. And I, I don't like Purdue at all as a one seed. Like, I don't like this Purdue team really at all. Um, I, I really just do not. I, I always look for veteran guard play and defense and calm, cool, and collected coaching. Um, right. And they, they have 
Matt Painter, who I really respect a lot. However, the the freshman guards I think matched up with with Kendrick Davis on Memphis is just going to create a problem for for them if they can figure out how to stop Ed. What do you think about Duke Oral Roberts? Man, that I think that's a really interesting five v twelve. I think that the the reason that it is interesting to the majority is why I'm going to pivot and, and myth bust it and pick Duke here, um, because um, I think that the reason that they like the NCAA tournament ultimately is about money, and they're gonna they're gonna say, hey, remember whenever Oral Roberts did that thing a couple years ago? They're pretty good, huh? And right. the five always loses to the twelve. Uh, and now Coach K is no longer at Duke. So we're going to have them matched up in the first round. Um, and the narrative is going to be there. But Oral Roberts did have have some transfers from that team that are not the same team. And I think that because Oral Roberts is going to be on Duke's radar, um, Duke has been playing well at the right time. They're finally kind of having an identity with, uh, with, their, um, with their coaching and with like the balance of having that veteran guard and Roach uh, and the freshman. And so I just think that after coming off of winning the ACC, which I know is having a, a terrible year, um, I'm still going to pick Duke there, despite all the Oral Roberts speculation. Interesting. Okay. Like, I, I like your point there a lot because I don't think they're going to be caught off guard by Oral Roberts either, as opposed to when they made, what was it, the Sweet 16 two years ago in the in the yes. bubble year? I don't think they're going to get caught off guard by Max Avesmith and and their whole slew of of guys on that team. Considering that they're a good team, and they like we all know that it's not like a few years ago where like yeah like who knows like you know it's one of those mid majors where you you don't know what's going to happen and then they ended up going on that deep run. I think Duke will be prepared for. It. I think Shire will have his guys ready to go. Flip Flipkowski, whatever his name is, um, has been really really nice uh, over the last couple of weeks. I've I watched him in the Carolina game. I thought he did really well. I thought he did well in the tournament, in the conference tournament. So I think I'm leaning more towards Duke, but I definitely could see ORU pulling it out just because they do have that experience of being at this stage, um, which will help them. Um, It's not like two years ago, but I also could definitely see that hurting them because they may think like, oh, we know what to expect. And they could, you know, just get ousted by a much more refined team in Duke, but you never know with uh Kentucky and Providence, man. I think this is a, a pretty easy upset pick to me because I know, I know that Kentucky, first of all, I don't think Kentucky should be a six seed. And we talked about that last night over text. Um, and I know a lot of that has to do with the aura of Calipari and, and the brand and all that, but I do like this Providence team. I like the, the transfer, from Kentucky, that's there. I can't remember his name. I like how he plays, and I think they match up decently well um, from the little that I've seen Providence play this year. Um, I, I'm picking this no hesitation, but tell me why I should think otherwise. Well, that that's also where I'm going to to myth bust here. Everyone is going to say, "Hey, remember uh, that Bryce Hopkins transferred from Kentucky to Providence? He's he's going to be out for blood." Um, I, another team that is going to be out for blood is Kentucky, who lost to St. Peter's last year. Um, Oscar Sheboy came back specifically in order to prove to the country that they are wrong about him and continue his legacy as a college basketball legend. And so, uh, I, I Providence is a team that albeit was very strong in the big East was on the bubble um, ultimately until uh, 
the very end of the season. And Kentucky, while I know they had a very early exit in the SEC tournament in Vanderbilt, um, I do think that whenever the world is screaming that Coach Cal is on the hot seat, he's going to show up. And I think that uh, this talent ultimately is going to even out here. That's why I'm taking Kentucky. Um, as great of a narrative as, a narrative as it is for Bryce Hopkins to get that revenge there. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out in this region, though, is I think that just pretty much whenever we're breaking down this bracket, I'm just busting everyone's myths. And I think that they're going to see Michigan State as a seventh seed. They're going to see the narrative of Tom Izzo in March, underseeded, lost early in the Big Ten – or lost in the Big Ten tournament. Um, all eyes are against him. He's primed for an upset because he's a seasoned coach. And so they kind of just pencil him into the second weekend as a seventh seed. Um, I think that people are under, underestimating USC right out of the gate just because of that reason. And uh, I know that the Pac-12 isn't near as loaded as the Big Ten, but just completely overlooking them, just having them like, oh, well, I don't know if they're going to be Marquette or not, yeah. uh, is, is foolish. USC is a very talented team. Yeah, I this Michigan State team, I watched them play a couple times and I was not super impressed by them. And I know that I feel like USC was kind of lowly ranked or lowly seated or underseated, whatever the word is there. I don't know if 10 is the right seed for them. You love the two seed here. You love Mark Kent. In fact, you even told me last night that they're going to go really far. Tell me why you love this team. I'm I'm all in on Marquette because what they are doing now is uh, it, it looks as if they have solved their flaw, which is defense. Um, but they have they have the narratives of having something to play for in Chaka Smart. They were uh, I'm I've fallen in love with the the player Tyler Kolick. I know that he's an undersized guard, but he's just he's the character about college basketball that, yes. that the world needs to know. Um, he is so much fun. Um, there, the it's just basketball porn honestly just the, the way that it looks on screen there's they everyone knows where to go they they improvise whenever it is shut down immediately it is it is so seamless it is so team oriented and their flaw ultimately um up until the Big East tournament was defense and and the Big East tournament against Xavier it looked like they finally solved that and I know that that is it is entirely recency bias it is terrible to to just pick a random uh conference tournament winner and have that uh, look at them through rose rose colored glasses, um, but I do think that um, there are many teams in this region that un- unfortunately, like their ceiling is just a Final Four. Um, but and I, and I like Marquette's odds against everyone else with that same ceiling. I agree. I know that Shaka Smart has not had a great tournament record since he left VCU, Wichita State, one of the two schools. VCU, right? That's where he's. VCU, yeah. He did not have a good time at Texas, I'll tell you that, Um, especially since my alma mater beat him (laughs) in 2021. Um, But I think this team is kind of perfect for him. They're all bought into what he's trying to do. And like you said, that offense is incredible. I I didn't know. I didn't watch a lot of their games this year, but I got to finally watch some of their tournament games, and I was just blown away by how efficient and how good it looks on the floor. They're the... The Cinderella, non-Cinderella team, like they were picked ninth preseason in the Big East, and they they totally embraced it. And um, I, it's just it's just awesome for Shaka to have this victory lap after uh, getting stabbed in the back by the by the very rich program in Austin. It was it was not a good time for him there. 
If you were to pick a few teams that could make the Final Four from this region, who would you say? Obviously Marquette, but who else? If if no one creates a game plan for Purdue, I will put them there. Um, but I, I'm not going to pick Tennessee because Zakai Ziegler was their only scorer, and they already could not score, and he's out for the year. So it's basically just them suiting up their football team um, to play basketball. Um, and then the, the only other team aside from – um, Michigan State, if they were to upset Marquette, just because the coaching, just because of the experience, um, as I'd say, Kansas State, just because uh, I love a veteran, strong backcourt, and they had that in uh, in Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel, who probably on some All American teams, um, they just play real steady, and, and they had they've had the magic with Jerome Tang too. So I'd, I'd say either of those. I like K State a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. And I think, like I said we're earlier with the Big 12, they're pretty battle-tested, and I could definitely see them dominating Montana State. Not that Montana State is not a bad team, but I definitely could see them playing really well against them. And then whoever makes it out of that Kentucky-Providence game, I would probably pick K-State over either of those. So I think they make the second weekend. It's just a matter of how much of the second weekend they're in um, mm-hmm. pretty easily. But I think... Honestly, I feel like this is Marquette's to lose. I, I just don't believe in Purdue like at all. <laughs> and like you said, we know what to expect from them every single year. To the Midwest, where Houston resides. They're the one seed. You have Texas as the two. You have uh, A&M at seven, which is interesting. You have Miami at five. Xavier's the three seed here. Indiana's four. A lot of interesting matchups here. What do you think? It is definitely an, in- an interesting region just because you have all the narratives that they want to force down your throat we'll get into that in just a moment um and then they have contenders that are volatile um and by volatile i mean um if if marcus sasser did not have that groin injury i would have already penciled them into my final four and now we just don't know and the same goes for miami i i i I love their team i love their scoring backcourt unfortunately um, basically their only defensive presence got injured in that ACC tournament game. And so here I am just trying to figure out what am I to do? Because the only other team that I, I would have a rock solid belief in, in this region is Texas. And I think that their toughest two games that they're going to play are in rounds one and in round two, if they were to face Texas a and I super agree with that. This is kind of set up for them to do really well considering they're on a high, they won the Big 12 tournament, they've beaten Kansas twice this year, which is, you know, pretty impressive. They're a really connected team. They've responded really well to the whole Chris Beard situation and with Ronnie Terry being the the head coach now. Um, By the way, Chris Beard somehow got hired at Ole Miss today, which is a whole thing in itself. Good luck! But yeah, I definitely agree. That Colgate game, we talked about it a couple of days ago. We were trying to figure out what to talk about. This Colgate team is fun. It is a super fun mid-major team, but they also got a really interesting draw against a Longhorn team that's very well connected, that does so many things well. Obviously, they need, what's his face, back from injury, Timmy Allen. They need him back from injury to to really excel. But this Colgate team is, is not going to let off easily. And then, like you said, the potential for a round two of A&M and UT is going to break the internet, first of all. And then second of all, it's going to be very interesting. This A&M team, I saw them play live this year when they played ACU in College Station. Wasn't really impressed by them back then, but obviously Coach Buzz knows what he's doing, and uh, I, I definitely could see that being a, a barn burner. But if 
UT gets out of that weekend, like you said, like they might be destined for making it to the final four, depending on how they match up against Houston. But I think Houston and Texas are, are kind of primed to, to do really well so long as everything kind of falls their way. I would agree. Uh, I do think that I, I would definitely look myself in the mirror before picking or uh, before picking a team aside from Colgate um, if they were in a, a totally different region. Like they would be the 15 seed that I could potentially pick over uh, a, a, a totally different two seed here. But because they're matched up against Texas and their strengths are aligned, which is veteran lineup, consistent and efficient scoring. I just think Texas just does that better at a higher level than, than Texas. And so that's why uh, I'm going to zig whenever a lot of people are, are, are choosing to pick Colgate uh, as a potential two versus 15 update, just because we've had two in a row. Um, and then for the second game against Texas A&M, um, talk about having a reason to play for something. A&M hates Texas guts and they want Buzz Williams to get that, exp- that, that job security. Um, he has uh, not, necessarily done a great job in terms of tournament success ever since his arrival at Texas A&M after uh, being such a pivotal and important coach uh, at, at his other previous locations like Virginia Tech and, and Marquette. And I, they, they love him. He's a player's guy. We all love Buzz. He's just sweating on the sidelines, yelling. Like he is the most positive yet psychopathic coach in college basketball, and that's what we need. Um, and so that, that would be the only reason that I could see Texas slipping up there. Um, but if they were to get past and get into the Sweet 16, then I, I like their chances. I also think A&M is going to struggle a decent bit against Penn State because Penn State had a really nice end to the year where they strung together some wins. They only lost by two yesterday in the in the Big Ten title game against Purdue. And they've kind of got this... Oh, yeah. These would be two teams that I could see in the Sweet yeah. 16 with, with other men. Yeah, like sure. they've got this chip on their shoulder and they've really excelled with that. And so... I would not even guarantee A&M getting out of that first game just because Penn State has been on a hot streak so far. Um, I like Kent State against Indiana a lot. I think that is very much a potential for upset. I mentioned this to you yesterday, but I definitely think Drake could beat Miami. I like Drake's logo. I like that Drake is called Drake. Um, I definitely could see that being a game, and like you said, which Miami struggles, especially losing one of their key guys. This has a lot of... Uh, upset potential here on so many different matchups even Kennesaw State I know you mentioned it yesterday that you don't like Xavier um like much at all um and Kennesaw State this is their what do we say this is their first appearance in the tournament ever which is super cool and what better way to cap that off than beating a a a pretty powerhouse or well-known name in college basketball so Xavier they They've done the complete opposite of the standard Sean Miller teams in his first year there, which is they only score and they don't play defense right now. Um, and unfortunately for Xavier, too, they, they lost uh, one of their key players in their starting lineup. And so um, that would be the only the only pushback I would have um, in terms of them being able to push it past a 14 seed. Um, aside from Kennesaw State is either going to play like they have never been there before and have that inspired um, and fire in that that inspired fire in them to play like they are uh, on track to put to cause a miracle or they're going to 
just be happy to be there and not really care. So it, it's either one or the other with Kennesaw State in terms of pulling off the upset. And uh, that's the beauty of March Madness. We have no idea what kids are going to show up. Right. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that point that you said. reminds me of how ACU played when they first got to the tournament a few years ago against Kentucky. It was like, I want us to do well, but I think they're more happy just to be there. And it definitely showed in the way that they played, albeit Tyler Hero was incredible in that game against ACU. Um, you could tell there was a little bit of, oh, I think we are enjoying the moment more so than actually like trying to give Kentucky a run for their money. Because um, they definitely played right. better in the second half than they did in the first half. Um, and a lot of that had to do with how they were overwhelmed by Kentucky's size. But yeah, I, I agree with that point completely. We've we've mentioned Houston and Texas. Is there anybody else that you think from this region makes a run close to, if not making it to the final four. Uh, I'm telling you, man, um, I did love uh, Miami before the OMA injury um, just because of their ability to score. And and I think that now because he's out, they're going to give him a ton of points. Um, The only other pushback I would say is Indiana. I think Trace Jackson Davis is, is going to be the best player in this region. Um, It, it doesn't matter if, Marcus Sasser is uh, injured or not. I do think that he is the most pivotal player in this tournament. That, But because, unfortunately, he does not have um, uh, the scoring capabilities at such a high level, like from the outside, um, that's going to limit their, their possibilities if they do come into a scoring rut. Um, but we saw... TG, TJD shut down Zach Eby twice. Um, and so I think that um, that gives him the capability to to beat anyone, um, but I think that because of their scoring lapses that we saw in the Big Ten tournament, um, that's going to cause Indiana to not go as far as as they could if they were to have um, some more consistent scoring. All right, last region, the West region, which I think might be the most competitive i think there's an argument to be made here kansas is the one seed oh it's a group of death yeah uh ucla is the two uh gonzaga is the three but they have an interesting matchup against uh grand canyon tcu is the six but they're like kind of peaking at the right time you got a nice 5v12 arkansas and illinois is a nice 8v9 what do you what do you think specifically about this region um well preseason and Aside from, or sorry, preseason and before the Pac-12 tournament, um, I would have told you the UCLA was going to win win it all. They were my favorite team ahead of, ahead of the tournament, um, and but the only reason that they were the favorite was because of Jalen Clark, just because of his Achilles injury that's going to knock him out of the tournament. That was just a killer for um, for their prospects in my mind. Uh, and then not only that, but now Adam Bona is out uh, with the shoulder injury too. Um, and he was just their size and length in, in the paint. And, ah, man, it, it's just such a bummer. Just I love Tiger Campbell and Hami Hawkins. They're, they're the characters of college basketball. College basketball is all about characters. You have Mick Cronin. And having that that lineup of, of guys that have been there uh, combined with some freshman and youth presence that is uh, such a high level, it was so much fun. And so that's just that's a bummer for me. Um, but just man, just my my initial thoughts are just there. I see four teams here that could that could not only go to the final four but conceivably be in the championship, and I wouldn't bat an eye. Like U- UConn 
is a team that I've loved all season. They got cold uh, during one stretch after um, it, they got a little too big for their britches because they got hot at such the right time, and it felt so good to have UConn back. Um, and but now it looks like they're playing at the, uh, playing their game at the highest rate, at the highest caliber, at the right time, uh, despite losing in the Big East tournament. Um, the only pushback I would have on them is that uh, just. Hurley is a madman, and so if he loses, cool, he's going to lose their game for them. Um, Kansas, just as consistent as ever, but I, I'm I'm hoping that Bill Self is healthy. <laughs> but that was that's that's pretty much my main concern with them. Uh, that I love them bringing back a lot of the the players they had from their championship team last year, and then um, Gonzaga, like they they are this might be the worst. Mark few team in several years and i think that they're benefited by that i agree way. they they don't have they don't have the target on their back that they've always had of oh same old gonzaga we're gonna write them number one and, and they're their weak old west coast conference and uh and they get to the tournament and they blow it um and but drew timmy is back and they they play at such an efficient rate and i think that not having the burden of expectations is going to just benefit them tremendously um, and so I, I think that you could pit, you could put Kansas, you could put UCLA, even with the injuries, you could put Gonzaga or UConn in the Final Four, and I would not judge you whatsoever. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I also super love that UConn team I have since the beginning of the year. I really like how TCU has been playing recently. I know that they did not make the the championship of the Big 12 tournament, but they've been healthy recently. Mike Miles is one of my favorites as far as like not just a college player, but like NBA prospect as well. I definitely could see him um, being drafted. Do you know about the Eddie Lampkin news? Oh no, I did not tell me. Eddie Lampkin left the program uh, recently on his own accord, citing that Jamie Dixon was uh, having some abusive behavior. Nice. Um, Towards him, Jamie Dixon is a coach that has been there before, uh, and I'm, I'm not quite sure the extent of of the matter. But he's no longer on the team, and I, I just I don't know if that has more to do with Jamie Dixon or just it is a vibe killer. Um, but I could I think that is definitely going to affect their actual sure. basketball play by not having sure. Ryan. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Thank you for informing me on that. I don't think TCU is going to go very far though because they would have to play a. a a tough Gonzaga team second round, depending on if they get out of their game against, well, they have to play somebody who is playing tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, I really like UCLA a lot. Um, I've always liked a lot of their guys since the, the year that they went to the final four when they beat ACU along the way. Um, Hami Hakez is probably my favorite like college basketball player. Like Tiger Campbell. Um, I just just love his, our darling Tiger Campbell's, Great name, great player. Um, both of them are, hair. are awesome. Yeah, great hair. Yeah, come on, man. Like they're they're awesome. So I want them to make it. Um, I am tired of Kansas. Um, I know that I have a couple Kansas friends who would not like me saying that, but I I don't want Kansas to make it all the way back. But I definitely could see them because they're so well coached and their roster is really good and all that. What do you think about St. Mary's and VCU as that five twelve? That's a I think that's a pretty interesting 5-12. People forget, this is a revenge game for VCU. Last time that they were in it, shut down because of COVID. So they, they are they are hungry to be able to be just in this tournament at all. Um, uh, but I will say that the, the, the five seeds that are traditionally in St. Mary's spots are, are not 
that lose to the 12 are not of the makeup of St. Mary's. Um, St. Mary's is just steady. Um, they play with incredible efficiency. Um, and I, I just based off of their matchups they've had in the West coast conference, I think they just kind of ran out of luck against, against Gonzaga this year. Um, and so I'm, I'm not going to trip over, over VCU this, this time. Um, just because I, I do, I'm, I'm just such a believer in, in having just the balance of offensive and defensive efficiency that they have there. I think they're one of like eight teams that is top 40 in both of those metrics. And so that's all going to take St. Mary's, uh, even though it's just such a cliche to pick the five, or the 12 of the five. And I'm, I'm not picking this one here, just even though St. Mary's is very unintimidating as, as a, as a five seed because they're from that small West coast school and they play in a high school basketball gym. Um, but I'm still going to pick them this time. Yeah. I think that game is going to be extremely close personally. I definitely could see it going either way. Um, some of these other ones like Northwestern and Boise state is such like a, okay. Like what is happening matchup? Like Northwestern probably should win that game, but I don't know anything about Boise state. So I might be underestimating them. I don't know. Um, GCU is the, is the WAC champion. So they get the, the fortunes of playing Gonzaga and GCU is okay. Um, I, I saw them obviously plenty this year being there in the same conference as my former school. So, um, they're fine. They're not great, but they're fine. They can get hot. They have decent shooting. That's what, uh, killed ACU one time when they played in this year is that ACU, turn the ball over or force turnovers on them a lot and they were dominating in the paint. But the only reason why GCU won is because they were like 13 of 19 from three or 14 of 20. Like they just shot the lights out of the basketball. So if that, if they have a game like that against Gonzaga, then they may trouble the dogs, but who knows? How do you Um, feel about Arkansas? I got to know. I don't know, man. They're they're interesting. They're really interesting. Obviously, it kind of feels like a letdown of a season from them because I know they were really hyped going into the start of the season. Um, but I do like them getting out of that first game against Illinois. Um, do I think that they beat Kansas? Probably not. Um, but I, I do like that matchup for them. I, I think it'll be a feisty game. Um, probably one of the better 8-9 games of the weekend. But, yeah, I don't know. Can I give you my Arkansas thoughts real quick? Yes, please. Okay, so let me make the case real quick here. Arkansas was a team that preseason before the year started, um, I had them in my final four. And then they had a devastating injury to Trevon Brazil, or Brazil, sorry, not good on pronunciation there, um, that was heartbreaking. And then just within the program, Eric Musselman is just such a fiery coach that causes screaming matches on the sidelines and they're incredibly volatile in that way. However, because he's so fiery and passionate that allows him to get up for the big games. It's kind of like how like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like whenever they had big Ben and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, they would play up to their competition and be, uh, but just randomly like lose to like the, the two and nine Indianapolis Colts. Like, so they, they get up for the big games and if if there's someone that is going to create a game plan for for Kansas to potentially pull off that upset, I still like this Arkansas team just because of the havoc they can cause. And their guard, Anthony Black, is kind of like just inverted 
Tiger Campbell to where everyone loves like old Jolly, Jolly Tiger Campbell with the with the wavy hair, uh, and Anthony Black is he was the number one point guard in the nation by twenty four seven, and so he just is highly touted prospect, but he's just incredibly uh, he has such a, a pest like behavior that I think could get into uh, into Wilson's head and cause just craziness, and that would be another case that I would make for an eight seed over a one, but. It's Bill Self. He's a one seed. They're the defending champion. I'm not going to be the one to pick it. I'm just making that case. That's a that's a great case. Is there an overwhelming favorite out of all these teams in your mind? I don't think there is, but what do you think? The story of college basketball this year is that no one is good. Um, uh, because anytime you talk yourself into a team, um, something happens to where you lose that belief in them. And that has been the case this year. And I would have told you that the three teams that I have had unwavering faith in all year were Houston, Kansas, and UCLA. And now with Houston, there's a sasser groin. Um, With Kansas, I'm not quite sure about Bill Self's health. If he's going to be there present the entire tournament, I will still say they're rock steady. And um, with UCLA, they've had the two injuries of recent memory uh and so i'm i'm wavering on those picks and i'm being talked into alabama and i think it's theirs to lose now after everything that has occurred with the other three programs which is so funny considering what's been going on with their program well the the thing about about that though is that it has not affected them on the court on the court yes yeah and so that's why i'm not considering those circumstances unfortunately as as terrible as that sounds and this is going to be a terrible look for the ncaa to have all these headlines going on if if they were to win the tournament despite right uh all these headlines and and then whatever um you know miller ends up on uh on the san antonio spurs next year but Apparently, I was reading today that apparently a lot of NBA people think he's now the number two pick in the draft, like he's overtaken Scoot. Yeah, man, Scoot is built like like a, a line, uh, just a complete ball hawking linebacker. Like, yeah, I I still take Scoot. I I would too. I think that's a little, a little bit of an interesting take to to pick him. Miller recency bias because Scoot completely botched the the rookie whatever showdown at all-star weekend no yeah but i mean it's it's the rising stars yeah it's not that serious so okay if you had to pick a final four i guess who would you pick i know that's a tough question because this could go so many different ways but if you had to settle on on a final four what would it be as of today and it obviously will probably change for you even later tonight or tomorrow i don't know but so I'll give you my initial final four. I am going to pick Alabama just because I'm a cynical sports fan. I'm, I'll be rooting against them, but just because uh, I'm like the one person that speaks it into existence, into existence so that it will not happen. So I'll tell you right now, it's Alabama. I've, I've seen enough. They're the champion. Um, and then I hope that that causes uh, my terrible takes to go horribly wrong. So I have, I have them winning it all uh, and coming out of the South. Um, and then in the other regions uh, in the East – like I said, I have just a ton of teams that have a Final Four ceiling that I can't see winning the tournament. And so because of that, I'm going to pick the one that I think is the most efficient basketball team, and I'm going to pick Marquette. 
I think they're rock steady on both sides of the ball now that they've figured out their defense, and I think they have something to play for with Chaka Smart. Um, and then out of the Midwest, I'm taking Texas. I think their their veteran presence, uh, their their motivation to play for their interim coach and get him that extension because Texas is a conceded, uh, just rich program that if they were to not make the Final Four, they can still say, "Hey, Rick Pitino, how much uh, how much money are we talking here?" Um, and so I think because of that, they have Marcus Carr, who is basically Jabberant, but with morals. Um, I'm taking them if they get past the the first weekend for sure, um, just because of Sasser injury. Um, I'm hesitant there, and so I, I like Texas in that matchup. Um, and then out of the West, same thing here. I'm going to speak into existence the opposite of what normally occurs, and I'm going to pick Gonzaga in a year where everyone is not picking Gonzaga, uh, just because uh, I, I just love the efficiency with Timmy. I love them not having uh, the target on their back. I like their veteran backcourt, and I think that just they score. Like it's just it's just that simple. They score baskets. I know that their free throw shooting is something that is very concerning during during the tournament time because that's a just incredibly vital stat to have. Um, in a six-game tournament, but I think this is the year. I think that it's going to be Alabama and Gonzaga, and I'm going to jinx Alabama by saying they're going to beat them. This is solely based off my gut, but I'm going to say without any further explanation, Alabama, Marquette, Texas, and UCLA. And again, I will probably change these opinions later, but that's just like first glance, really looking at the bracket, really putting my head around it. Like, I could see it going that way. But I could also see something like, I don't know, UConn and Houston and, I don't know, Duke or Memphis. I don't know. Like, it could it could go so many different ways. Creighton maybe even making the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. I do love Creighton making a run. There's a lot of ways this could go, man. This is going to be a wheels-off tournament. But that's kind of, again, just off the gut here two days or three days before the actual tournament starts that's kind of where my head's See, I, I hate my bracket and i think that because i hate it i love it because there's going to be so much chaos and unpredictability um yeah. and that that's the beauty of college basketball is um everything that we have said into this microphone for over the past hour um i can guarantee you that old takes exposed is going to come back and tell us how wrong we are despite uh-huh. all of the the hours and hours of of studying and and manpower that we have put into this this dumb sport and meanwhile whatever um uh, bob at the water cooler who has just filled out a bracket just to fill it out um will will win your pool like that is like what we do right now is completely irrelevant but it is so much fun i love going over the billions and billions of possibilities i agree this is going to be a wild one do you have any closing thoughts before we we wrap up um my closing thoughts are those of you that just watch college basketball during March Madness, I, I hope that this will I, – look, I know that they are by no means as talented as NBA superstars that can just hit a three on a whim um, in, a, in a corner or off the dribble because those are professional grown, grown men. That is not why we watch this sport. We watch, it for the, we watch it for the characters. We watch it for the coaches. We watch it for just – what it means to all of these kids and it is so much fun and so chaotic and unpredictable. It is two different sports. And if, if this wild and wacky tournament that is of 68 teams is what it takes for you to watch and get invested, please watch it. And this has been 
fun for me to follow for more than just March. And if this is what it takes for you to start following it for more than just March next year, then I hope that it causes you to do so. All I want is the referees to be not terrible because college basketball referees might be the worst referees in all sports. And that's saying something because I feel like every single referee in any sport right now is just so bad. Oh, shout out to TV Teddy making it all about himself. Golly, golly. All right. I think that's a good place to to wrap up. Hopefully, um, listener, a little inside baseball. The recording crashed uh, about a few minutes ago. So hopefully (laughs) we get all of this back. Um, in a in a decent uh, in a decent way, um, Jake, tell us where you can where we can find you on on the socials and find your writings and all that fun stuff. I am at Oreo Jakesters on all socials, and I also do a bit of sports writing on WegrinEnterprises.com. That is W E G R Y E N dot com. If you want to look into some of his writing, I will leave the the link to his. March Madness uh, little article that he sent me the other day um, in the show notes. If you want to look at that, I loved it. That was a, that was a great read. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, but yeah, go follow him. Be sure to, uh, first of all, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. It's been a few weeks, but glad to be back. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a review and rating on Spotify and Apple and all the places. Five stars would be really nice. Um, be sure to follow, like I said, the both of us on social media. Be sure to follow the podcast Instagram at Dennis and Friends Pod and email the pod Dennis and Friends Pod at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything like that. Later this week, we will have an episode about NBA and about NFL free agency because that has started to, to come alive. And maybe by then Aaron Rodgers will be a New York Jet officially, um, even though Trey Wingo says it's already going to happen. So we'll see uh, what happens there. But expect that episode to come later this week. And... Be sure to tune into your TV for all the fun uh, games with March Madness that start tomorrow night um, as of this recording, but really start, like I said, on Thursday. And again, please be sure to join our podcast tournament challenge group on ESPN. The link is in the show notes right now. Go get in there. Enter your bracket. You get to win brownie points if you win the whole thing. So be sure to join. Um, Other than that, thanks for being here. Like I said, we'll be back later this week. And until then, be good and do good. Jake, you know what to do. Be a friend.